I'm Marta McDonald. And I'm Sophia Fabili. Welcome back to another season of the Playhouse Podcast. Whether you've been coming to the Playhouse for 30 years or it's your first time, this podcast is a way for us to invite you into the playmaking process. Whether it's acting, directing, design, or life behind the scenes, this podcast gives your ears a front row seat. <laughs> Welcome back to the Thousand Islands Playhouse Podcast. This is Sophia Fabili, and I am thrilled to be introducing our final podcast for the 2021 season, uh, Miss Caledonia. Um, for those who don't know, Miss Caledonia is an absolutely beautiful show. It's set in the year 1955 and is all about Peggy Ann Douglas. Peggy Ann Douglas lives on a farm in rural Ontario, and she has one goal, and it's a big one. She wants to become a beauty pageant queen. And uh, we're thrilled to be sharing this show with our audiences. We think that you're absolutely going to love it. Um, And so today we're going to hear a great conversation that Marta and myself had with the two actors in the show and Brett Christopher, who is directing. Um, Before we dive into the conversation, I'll just read a little bit about the two actors. So Janelle Hanna plays the lead. Um, You will uh, recognize Janelle from her performance in Prairie Nurse at the Thousand Islands Playhouse. Some other productions she's been involved in are The Black River for Tweed and Company, Bad Baby Presents, Rules Control the Fun, which toured the Toronto, Winnipeg, and Edmonton fridges, uh, King Lear, Coriolanus, and Night of the Burning Pestle Theatre at York, and Anne of Green Gables at the Sterling Festival Theatre. Janelle is a graduate of the MFA Acting Program at York University and the Theatre and Drama Studies Program at U of T and Sheridan College. Quinn Dooley plays the fiddler in Miss Caledonia. That's right, there's a fiddler. There's a lot of fiddle music coming at you. It's really amazing. And you'll probably remember Quinn from our production of Ring of, Ring of Fire. Quinn has also performed Ring of Fire and Evangeline for the Citadel Theatre, once for the Grand Theatre and Royal Manitoba Theatre Centre, and Mamma Mia and Shout at the Capitol Theatre. So let's just cut right to it. Let's hear this conversation. We pulled these folks out of rehearsals and sat down to talk about the show. Hello, welcome to the Thousand Miles Playhouse podcast. Nice to see you guys. Thank you. Nice to see you. Hello. Um, um, (laughs) <laughs> let's do this thing okay let's dive in so this is the last podcast of the 2021 uh season and marta and i are here and we're so delighted to be talking to janelle quinn and brett we just couldn't decide so we just took everyone we said come on everyone's going to be in the podcast mm-hmm. this time mm-hmm. um so okay first question miss cal miss caledonia tell us all three of you collectively in some sort of um joint answer what do we have in what do we have in store for the show? Tell us. We know that there's an actor and a fiddler. Tell us about the play. Oh, don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. It's all about Peggy Ann Douglas, a little farm gal, and she dreams of more. Did I'll play, what, 18 characters? Yes, there's a lot. Is it 18? Of yeah, 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 yeah. Well, if you count Peggy is two, which I do. Yeah, it's 18, yeah. which is also my lucky number. So I like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of characters. Um, there's singing, there's dancing, there's kind of telling them. Mm-hmm. There's baton twirling. Um, you know, there's all the things. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so uh, another element of this show is the music. And Quinn, that's sort of your your spot in the show you're fiddling for the whole show so what what does that what kind of layer does that add like what is your what is your piece in the show here I mean my piece in the show is to like provide 
uh, like underscoring and and thematic elements with music. And we were kind of like laughing today because Janelle was saying when I'm not playing, she's like, I feel nude because it's, it's <laughs> yeah. it is. It's kind of there to like change the mood or change the the like bring us button scenes and stuff like that. Yes. Sit along. Yeah. 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 When it's not like, there, it's like, where is she? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, she, yeah. she is my scene partner. Yeah. Mm. Like, right. So it's, it's like having a second character, but the second character doesn't speak mm-hmm. English. They speak music. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Have you ever watched those videos where it's like a movie and they take out the underscoring and then it's like weird scenes yeah. Yeah. watching like someone like running, but there's no underscoring and you're like, oh, it feels so kind of anticlimactic yeah. without music. It's like you hear it in your mind, like changes your, your mood. Yeah. Your music. Yeah. Cool. So I have a question though, because I just don't know. Is there a whole score that comes along with this play, or are you putting that part, like all those pieces together yourself? How does that work, Gwen? I mean, the playwright provided some some samples that were sent to us and said, kind of use what you want, take what you want. Mm. I think uh, she has like redone and revamped and rejigged the show a lot of times. So there were certain things that she was like, "That's not in it anymore," or like, "This doesn't work," or so I looked on a lot of those little clips and then some of it is just pulled from thin air and some of it's pulled from different like Scottish uh, uh, traditional music. And, cool. yeah. When I talked to Melody, when we were getting the rights for Melody to do this, she really said like, take this as the base, you know, this sort of fiddle track. And she literally sent us recordings of all of the fiddling that they had done and all the different cues and a script where they were all indicated. And then she basically just said, like, make this your own. And so I think we've talked a lot yeah. about, like, if you're inspired to do a sound effect, you're inspired to play along with something Janelle's saying, like, just go for it. And mm-hmm. so I, I think there's a part of it is the basis of what was there. Yeah. And part of it is, is Quinn's invention. Part of it turns into, like, technical mm-hmm. aspects of, like, there are certain parts where Brett's like, I have no idea what Janelle is saying. Just, like, a rip and fiddle over things. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. do that. Too much sound. Too much sound. <laughs> um, do you... Uh, do, did you do like musical improv rehearsal where you're like you're like fiddling away and you're like does that sound right or like should I do like a weird like... musical improv rehearsal sounds like my nightmare like, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not an improv fiddler so I'd be like maybe and then like go home yeah like, think about something until it's perfect and be like yeah well, there's neat stuff um, yeah. I mean that's a sort of speak of, of the things that you're working on but it's like there's neat stuff like pulling a bow and arrow like so how can the how can the bow across the violin make the sound of like like pulling back the bow or like yeah. we have a moment where where helen peggy's mom kills the chicken so it's like how can the bow and how, the, how can the violin make the sound of like the knife going yeah. into the yeah. chicken so like yeah. little funny little sound effects like that yeah. I think make it even more exciting That's like neat. and involve That's the fiddler cool. even more in the yeah time. yeah so, I mean, it's really cool, this show, <clears throat> because of the storytelling between all the different characters Janelle's playing, and then all the music that Quinn is providing, including Death by Chicken brought to you by a fiddle, is what I'm saying, <laughs> which is great. <clears throat> Janelle, tell us about, you play 18 different characters. That's incredible. Tell us, how. what's your process? What's your approach? I know that you ha- have so much experience in clown and comedy and all a bit of everything. So, how are you approaching all the characters in this play? Yeah, great question. Um, <laughs> well, I think, 
I I went into it trying to figure out, as I said to, to Brett and Quinn, like, okay, what's a, what's their physical, what's their vocal, what's a gesture to try and, you know, build from there. But when you're playing so many characters and you're flipping back and forth, and I think that's kind of the big challenge in this piece, um, you know, because it's not just like, okay, I have a monologue with this character now and this character is constantly flipping back and forth. It's, it's, you know, kind of reducing it down to what's their one kind of element. Um, and I find, uh, I don't know, if I give myself a really specific like container to play in, you know, like, okay, this character, uh, you know, is going to live vocally very specifically. So, and then I build kind of the physical, once I key into their one kind of key element, whatever that is, for some people, it's a hat, right? Like, like Reefer Dixon really, like, once we got that hat, um, and I, I said to Brad, like, I really want him to have a ball cap. I really just, I really see that. So it's just f- finding that one kind of thing for each character and then building from there is what I've been trying to do. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's just, relying on some stock characters if you will like when I do clown um trying to bring some of those in um yeah can you tell us a bit more for the folks listening who are not clown experts there (laughs) might be a few tell us a little bit about those stock characters and how they live in your repertoire yeah so like um you know, a lot of young Peggy is actually very close to my clown character vocally. Like clown is all about your connection with the audience. And certainly like our narrator Peg is totally with the audience all the time. So that experience with clown has really helped me there because even with eye contact, right? Like um, Peg, the narrator is always with the audience and clown is always about, you know, connecting with your audience and like building off what they're giving you. So that's experience has really helped. Um, but yeah, your clown, like if we're talking about like red nose clown or pachinko clown, like it's your inner, like your inner being, like, you know, <laughs> and, inner, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that for me is a lot just is Peggy. Right. So, um, so yeah, I've, I've relied on that for her, especially, and she's, you know, her and Peg are the main characters in this whole thing. So Peg is me. Like I, I said, Brad, I'm like, the narrator, it's just me. I, it's Janelle. Um, and Peggy really is very similar to my clown character in a lot of ways. So yeah, yeah just for, for clarity in terms of people listening, yeah. Peg, like the story is a memory play, right? So it's being told 20 to 25 years in the future. It's the story of a 15 year old girl in her life and the Miss Caledonia pageant and all these pieces, but it's actually being told by herself 20 years down the road as she reflects back on these experiences. So when you think, think about creating those characters, like you can kind of build them as extreme versions of those people because it's, you know, you're thinking back to these moments 20 years ago. So that woman who was kind of like not really nice to you, you can expand yeah. that to a really yeah. wonderful caricature because that's how we, how we wrap memory, right? We wrap memory in, some of it is in warm, nostalgic, like like lovely thoughts. And some of it is like, I hated that person. You know, everything becomes more extreme, whether that's in a warm way or in a cold way or whatever that is. So I think certainly like some of the, the joy of watching Janelle create these different people is expanding and making them a little bit more ridiculous and a little bit more extreme. And then in, in a way they become more discernible because they're so different from one another. Yeah. It's funny, it, like, it makes me think of you when you watch a, like a, like a TV show that tells the same story from different people's perspectives and the characters completely change because it's in that person's mind. So that's so funny to think about like, Janelle, do you have a favorite person that you play or does it change per day? 
It's really hard and it does change per day, but I, I do really like Reefer Dixon. Who's yeah, the, the hat guy. Lover. Yeah, he's the hot guy. Yeah. I just really adore him. But I <laughs> different moments for different characters are so fun. So yeah. but it's usually Reefer. Um, Brett, do you want to we want to hear from you because you are an actor and a director, and I know mm-hmm. that you've also done solo shows before, which are it's their own special beast. God bless you, Janelle, and all the lines you're memorizing right now. Yeah. Um, can you talk, can you give us an idea, like, how has it been approaching this as a director, knowing both sides of the coin of what goes into a solo show? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I know how challenging it is. Like, there's there's the line memorization, which is obviously very challenging. You're looking at sort of when you first approach a script and all of the words in the entire script are things that you will have to say. That's That's just the sheer, like, there's a terror to that initial moment. But I think, um, you know, I, I ref- certainly like in through this process, reflect back on my own experience creating these characters and making the, the transitions from one character to another really sharp. There is like naturally with an audience watching the sort of thing, like you, you want to tell the story, you want to tell Peg's story really cleanly. Uh, you want to tell it so the audience, you know, so that you get across what you want to get across. But also there is an acrobatic nature to it that I think is thrilling for an audience. When you think like one person is going to tell the, the lives of 18 people over the course of an 80 minute period. And that's, the, you know, and, and how quickly you can make those switches and how deftly and how well drawn those people are. And certainly like characters like Peggy herself and her mom and dad and a few of the others that spent we spend more time with in the story are like literally fully fleshed out people. So, you know, like in a play that would be played in a play with multiple actors would be played by multiple people. But in this scenario, just the sheer uh, like awe of watching one person manipulate themselves into like fully fleshed human beings that are in a conversation with one another on the flip of a dime, like the the, flip of a switch is uh, is very exciting. I love it. And then I also know that down the road, as we bring in tech, you know, there is some support with lighting. There's some support with sound that can make those switches uh, easier. can make them just, just support like Janelle and Quinn and what they're doing on stage. I, I know that that is to come certainly next week as we, as we bring tech into the game. But, uh, you know, what I'm seeing now in the rehearsal, like that's, that's something that we can present in an open room with just full lights. And people would be like, that, how is that even possible that these two tell the story of all of these 18 people mm-hmm. in this way. Is there like, um, is there music associated with certain people? Like, is there, yes. is there music? Yeah. Okay, that one, that was like, I, can you like that in my mind there is, yeah. yeah. In, your, yeah. Your, in your mind there is, it's like when yeah, you to a character, there's like a certain style or something that. Yeah, like I think that the dad has a certain vibe. Reef yeah. definitely has a theme. Um, the mom has yeah. a theme yeah. to her. And, mm-hmm. and there are like different thematic, like going to certain areas like there's like working music like I feel like every time it comes in she's talking about like practicing and working so yeah well because that when when you said lights and sound like that's what that made me think of was like oh like when you like in a musical score when it's like certain characters have like underscoring that that follows them through the show and so that's that's certainly me think of very cool I'm excited. and we also have a sound designer right so it's sort of like not only do we have a live fiddle on stage and, you know, it was very intentional to have Quinn there from day one so that the story is being built with two people on stage. And it's very much like a 
like two, as, as Quinn said, two voices that are working together to tell this story. And then now Richard Farron is in the rehearsal hall and he's starting to augment with various like sounds, like, like, you know, built sounds. So not something's happening live on stage and supporting Quinn in the kind of musical sound world. So there's moments where we're like, oh no, this is fiddle. Like stay away from it. This is her, this is her opportunity. And then there's other moments where the fiddle and the sound design actually like intertwine in a really cool way. Very cool. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I know we could like talk to you folks all day. So I'm also looking at the times. I'm like, I know I have to go back to rehearsal, but um, a question that I had was I got to interview Melanie, Melody rather, who is the original creator and performer of this show. She's toured it across the country. And I asked her why she thought the play resonated so deeply with audiences. And so listeners, you can go check out the playbill and you can get Melody's answer. But right now for the three of you, why do you think this play, What in what way does it resonate with you? And why do you think it's gonna resonate with the Playhouse audiences? Okay, just for listeners, just uh, no, 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 no. 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 I mean, for me, like, it's very, it's very actually not too far off in many ways of like how I feel uh, just in my own life. Like I'm from a very small town, uh, only kind of artist in my family. Um, you know, I, I think it's a, at the end of the day, it's about, uh, you know, uh, a, a young girl who dreams of, you know, life beyond, you know, the farm and her little world that she's in and all the people who help her to try and achieve this dream, uh, essentially. So I think we can all relate to, you know, having bigger dreams for our life, whatever they are. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I don't know. That's what I got right now. Like, yeah, it's, it's the, it's dreaming, like, and, and, and having a dream and maybe, maybe the dream isn't going to be the most viable like, dream. Like I remember being a kid and being like, I'm going to be on Broadway. Yeah, yeah. And like, who knows if that'll ever happen, but it's not like, ah, oh, to me anymore. It's kind of that like, that melancholic thing of being like, I had a dream and this is when we talked about this morning. Like this is a, this is a moment in time and maybe it's not the most important moment in my entire life, but it was very special. The moment we had that dream. Yeah, the moment yeah. we had that dream. I think for, like for me, and, and certainly reading a lot of the stuff that Melody had written about the play before working on it, was it was a love letter to her own mom, right? This is her actual family story. And I really, for me, wanted this story to be, to reflect that, like this version of, the, of this production of her play, of her story, of her family story, to really remind the audience of the impact of mothers on the trajectory, especially of a, a young 15 year old girl who's living on the farm, but pretty much anybody uh, and the sacrifices they make for us. Uh, you know, we in the arts, I'm sure have all been impacted by our moms who have cheered us along the way, whether or not they knew all the choreography and were saying in the back row or just paying for dance classes or whatever that was. But I think it's, uh, for me, it was reading that this was a love letter to her mom uh, and, and just ensuring that this production stayed true to that. And, and I think that, that to me is like anything that is a, a child reflecting back on the impact that their parent had and basically saying thank you to them is going to have an impact on an audience. Everyone has had a parent and everyone, you know, feels, feels some gr level of gratitude for the sacrifice that their parents made. Sure. Yeah. I love it. Amazing. Well, um, we are approaching that time. So it seems like it might be time for quick fire round. 
Let's um, do that. So mentally Let's prepare yourselves. It. These questions are incredibly difficult. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. But um, as we said before we started, there are three of you. So quick answers only. We got to be able to hear from all of you. All right. Are we ready? Here we go. Let's go Brett, Janelle, Quinn when you answer. Okay. okay? Ready? What is the your favorite part of your job? <laughs> Dreaming. Uh, getting to meet new people. That's getting to be in a room with other people. What yeah. is the toughest part of your job? Uh, enacting those dreams. <laughs> uh, instability. Oh, that was a good one. Instability. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do on your days off that's not theater related? <laughs> Parent. I watch ER on, uh, on, on Prime Video. I, I go for silly little walks in Gananoque and everything's closed. If you, had, <laughs> <laughs> if you had a totally different job, what would it be? Doctor. Uh, dermatologist. Uh, nutritionist. Wow, what a team. Um, and um, last question. What do you love about Gananoque? Yeah. Uh, what do I love about Gananoque? I love... The uh, I just love that everyone's looking out for one another, and that it's it's a town that is so. I mean, as we were saying about this this play, so intertwined, and you know, for better for worse, everyone knows one another, everyone knows each other's business. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it looks out for its itself, and it's uh, yeah, it's something that we as an arts organization within like a big arts organization within a town of five thousand people have uh, have a really wonderful relationship with the people in this town. Great, Janelle, what's your favorite thing about <laughs> uh, Yeah, It's just, it's magical. And I know that, I don't mean to sound airy fairy, but it is magical. There's a, there's a, there's a something here uh, that's very special. Mine's Purple House. Hey, uh, uh, answer and a good one at that. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, you guys. It was so great to see you and talk to you. And um, yeah, this is our last yeah. podcast. So thank you for joining us on our last episode. Sophia thank and I have a Thousand Islands Playhouse podcast here. Um, Enjoy the rest of your rehearsal day. We can't wait for the show. Yeah. So excited for opening night. Thank Yay. you. If that conversation doesn't make you excited about the show, I'm not sure what will. Uh, there's just these three amazing artists who have been working away so hard on this production. Um, and it's extra special, not only because it's the final production in our 2021 season, our big comeback season, but also this show is an extra comeback production because it was originally scheduled to open our season. But due to COVID, we had to leapfrog it to the end. But you know what? It's worth waiting for the play, I just think is so moving and so genuine. And I think that it's exactly what we need right now. So I really hope that you enjoy the show. I also want to give a big shout out to Marta McDonald, who has been my intrepid podcast co-host for the last couple seasons. I love you, Marta. It's been such a pleasure working with you. I also want to say a very special thank you to Terry Lynn and all the folks at MyFM Gananoque for par partnering with us on this podcast and making everything happen. Also, a special shout out to Mark Hunt, TIP's head carpenter, who composed all the music for this podcast. Thank you so much, Mark. We also want to acknowledge that we are on the ancestral land of the Haudenosaunee Confederacy and Anishinaabeg Nation, uh, the Thousand Islands Playhouse, its staff, its supporters. We are so grateful to live and work here and make plays and make podcasts. Wow, we're lucky. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show.